This is Who Wore What When, a podcast where we examine historical figures and their clothes. I'm your host, Maggie Latham, joined today by the lovely Dabney Rao. Hello, I'm on the other side of the table. Yeah, she's joined me today. I feel so special and privileged to have you here. You are special. Oh, that sounded insulting. (laughs) (laughs) Will we make it through this episode alive? No. Stay tuned. Today's topic, the inventor of modern menswear and dandyism, Bo Brummel. Your clothes may be Bo Brummelly. He was born in London on June 7th, 1778 as George Brian Brummel. His grandfather was a shopkeeper in the parish of St. James, London, and he lent lodgings to the aristocracy, and his father was a private secretary to Lord North from 1770 to 1782 and went on to be the sheriff of Berkshire. Bo was not from money. He was very, very average, but he did pay attention to his dress from his very early years. By the time he started school, he was already modifying things by adding a gold buckle to his cravat for embellishment. Mmm, fancy. You know, embellishing. I do it a lot. Yeah. Like on my resume. He was very popular at Eton College, and he was known as Buck Brummel in the year 1790. He was a very average student and didn't really care about school, but this was where he met the Prince of Wales, the future King George IV. At this point in time, he was also introduced to the tailcoat with brass buttons, which was part of the uniform at Eton, and became a part of his uniform later in life. After Eton, he went to Oxford briefly, but dropped out after only one term. The Prince of Wales ended up giving him commission in his own regiment in 1794, and they became very good friends, and eventually Bo left the service at the rank of captain in 1798 after only four years. In 1794, unfortunately, Bo Brummel's father passed away, and in 1799, from him, Bo inherited 30,000 pounds, which is equal to about... Money, 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 money! Yeah, it's equal to about a million dollars today. Sweet. Yeah, that's a, a good chunk of change. Um, and he used it to set up a bachelor establishment in Mayfair. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you, when you just gotta set up a gentleman's club... That's what they call it on the uh, on all of my sources, and I don't know if it means what we Strip think of as a club? gentleman's club today, but I'm hoping that it's just... I feel like it's more of a cigar club than a strip I club. I agree. In, in That's what I'm essence, thinking. Historically, more likely. Yeah. But what if it was a strip club? That's just funnier. I mean, spoiler alert, he does die of syphilis. Well, so spoiler. But even with this addition of money in his life, it still wasn't enough to be in the highest level of society for Beau Brummel, but it was perfect for his advancement. How so? Well, it gave it opened doors. He had more opportunities. Oh, I see, I yeah. see. Room mm. for advancement, but not in yeah. and of itself being advanced. Yeah, he wasn't he still wasn't able to be one with the royals that he spent time with because he he still didn't have that much money. Kim Kardashian as assistant to Paris Hilton. Right. I I think that's a very good comparison. Except not anymore. Not anymore. Now it's kind of flip-flopped. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think Paris Hilton would ever be Kim Kardashian's assistant. Well, yeah, but she's certainly not at the level You're that not she wrong. was. You're not wrong. She's... And she's certainly not at Kimmy K's level. Exactly. 
Thank you, Kim Kardashian, for sponsoring this podcast. Would she? No. <laughs> I'm only here for pop culture references. I don't know anything about anything else. I want her to sponsor it. If we mention her enough, do you think she'll sponsor it? I don't know. Let's say Kim Kardashian like ten more times and see. Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian, it's like Bloody Mary. <laughs> Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian, (laughs) Kim Kardashian. As a result of his friendship with the prince and his already noticed good sense of style, he very quickly became recognized as an arbiter of fashion. The prince admired him for his charm, he frequented all of society's gatherings, and he inspired the future king and others who followed him through his what they thought of as eccentric style, which to our minds today, what they were wearing at the time other than Bo Brummel, seems very eccentric. Hmm. But Bo Brummel looked dope. But Bo Brummel invented men's fashion. So. Modern men's fashion. You're welcome, men. Yeah. No more knee breaches, baby. You know people who wear those shorts that are, like, at the knee, but they're not quite capris? They're modern denim knee breaches. Yeah. They're horrible. (laughs) I want a new podcast that's just Dabney's opinions on clothing. Bo was known to sit in the window of London clubs and critique the tailoring of the people walking past him, which is not the nicest thing to do. That's so me. Yeah. I mean, I do it on the subway every day. I love critiquing strangers. It's my mom instilled it in me. She, we just go, would go to the mall and like sit at a table and like critique people. It's probably not an okay thing to do with your daughter. That's not a good thing. Probably. Teach your daughter to bully strangers. not the best. I mean, I'm not here to judge. I'm here to judge. But I I feel like. You know, it's because my mom instilled that in me. That's fair. In his case, it was more just like he would sit there and just be like, No. I do love to critique no. people's tailoring, though, especially people who are really into fast fashion and wear, like, not to bash Forever 21, they've got some okay stuff, but, like, some of it is just falling apart, and it's poorly tailored. Get your stuff tailored by a professional, people. The message of this podcast. Get a tailor, or Dabney, and Bo Brummel. We'll sit and make fun of you. So, most men at the time, other than Bo wore embellished garments with lots of jewels, and Beau Brummel really went against this. It was completely against everything that he stood for, which was very uncomfortable for a lot of people at the time. A lot of rich young men adopted this so-called macaroni style from visiting Italy and France during their coming-of-age trip known as the Grand Tour. They wore very high powdered wigs, lots of makeup and perfumes, elaborate fabrics, and silk stockings. I want to go on a grand tour. Yeah, I do too. Save up some money. That's like the like college kids after they graduate going to Europe. So Bo didn't have the money of the prince and couldn't afford this elaborate wardrobe that he saw all of the people he associated wearing. And most people believe that the lack of money that he had was what led him to look at better-fitting clothing rather than embellishment because better-fitted clothing, less fabric, less cash money. This really diverged from the continental style fed by French aristocrats, a.k.a. Louis XIV through the Sixteenth. And the French Revolution and the war between France and Britain in the 1790s really called for this homegrown British style, which is what led to Beau's rise. <coughs> so this is when Beau Brummel introduces the suit, but only those that were exceptionally well-fitted and hand-tailored. The coat 
of the suit was made of dark blue wool, which was called bath coating, and it was equestrian in nature and modeled after the Seville Road dress coat worn for white tie occasions. Brummel also rejected stockings and knee breeches and introduced full-length trousers with both matching and contrasting jackets. These trousers were made of buckskin. Why Good. only buckskin and not also whatever a female deer skin is called? Doe skin? Yeah. I think doe skin just sounds weird. What's the difference between buckskin and doe skin? Is there a difference? Well, here's my thinking. This is not based on any sort of fact. But my thinking is perhaps men wouldn't want to wear the doe skin because they want to wear the buck skin because they're men. Got it. But that's purely me making things up. Insecure in their masculinity. We will take that as truth. Yep. That's... It's not outside the realm of possibility. So it's the facts. He also rejected billowy tunics and introduced the dress shirt. This was tailored for the body and worn with a cravat. The shirt would be off-white, and the cravat was linen. And Brummel spent a lot of time creating elaborate cravat knots and would even scrap knots that he thought were too perfect because they had to be just the right amount of disheveled for him. Like a messy bun for an Instagrammer. Right. He also would wear dark riding boots. The boots, buckskin trousers, and wool was considered country wear. This look with the dark suit and the lighter shirt is still recognizable today in international business, and it's considered both respectful and practical. Blue and buff were also the unofficial colors of the Whig party, so perhaps Bo was was saying his political leanings through his, his look. I don't know what the Whigs believed in. All I know is George Washington was a Whig. Well, sounds good to me. <laughs> The shirt and cravat did require regular washing and starching, which was different from previous styles. So Brummel advocated for country washing to keep them fresh. This required softer water, which means more effective starching. And London dandies do continue this practice to this day. His evening look would be a blue coat and a white waistcoat, black pants that ended at the ankle, and striped silk and black slippers. He always wore natural, unadorned hair without a wig, which was very contradictory to the time. And this hairstyle that he had was called the Brutus hairstyle, which was a callback to the hairstyles often seen in ancient Rome. We love Julius Caesar and murder. Yeah. It's funny that it's it's named after the guy who killed Caesar. Well, did Caesar have the hairstyle? Did Brutus just have really fancy hair? I I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. Bo really focused on tailored menswear that flattered and showcased the body rather than overshadowing as the current style did. He evoked male nude statues from ancient Greece that showed off the perfection of the human body. He also focused heavily on daily baths instead of perfumes and powder, which is important, I think. Bathing? Yeah, absolutely. Very important. There's a heat wave rolling through New York City right now. We love bathing. Bo Brummel was known for spending five hours per day getting ready, and he would invite other men to watch him prepare for the day live from his dressing room. Wow, he's a beauty blogger. He really is. No, and the funny thing is, is the article I read literally compared him to a beauty blogger. That's incredible. Yeah. That's straight up a get ready with me video. Yeah, he was was basically like pre-YouTube. 
I love that. He was also known for using champagne to polish his shoes, specifically French champagne, which can be connected to the fact that it was during the Napoleonic War, and it could be considered patriotic because of the feud between France and Britain. Could also be connected to the fact that if it's not from France, it's not champagne. That's fair. Well, but I also think that he just was like, haha, we don't like France. I'm gonna rub it on my shoes. That too. We love the attitude. Bo Brummel's influence was unchallenged for several years, but eventually he began to run out of money. He lived a very extravagant life and had a very serious gambling problem, which is not a good combination when you don't have a lot of income. I don't have a gambling problem, but I don't have a lot of income, so I relate. Yeah. Do you have an extravagant life? It depends on who you ask. (laughs) That's fair. He also had a very haughty personality and made rude comments that tended to alienate people. Now that I relate to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you'll like this part. He sat with admirers in the bow window, which was renamed Bow's Window. Cute. At White's Gentleman's Club in London and judged the style of men on the street. He had Brummelisms. His most famous was if John Bull, or in our layman's terms, Average Joe, turns around to look at you, you are not well-dressed, but either too stiff, too tight, or too fashionable. He also warned against being a pity peacock, or having a style meant to be noticed by others, which was ironic because Bo's fame required his dress to be noticed by others. The Prince of Wales eventually got tired of his rudeness because... Bo made a flippant comment about the prince's girth, calling him fat after he failed to greet Brummel at a party reception line. The Prince of Wales and Bo Brummel ended up fighting in 1812, which was not as big of a problem for Bo as his gambling was. He had a very extravagant life as a member in the 10th Regiment, where soldiers had to pay for their own elaborate uniforms, horses, and banquets, Brummel also claimed to require 800 pounds, or 67,000 pounds in today's money, per year just for his clothing. But he would lose 10,000 pounds a night and ended up with 600,000 pounds of debt, which was 20,000 times his inheritance. That's a problem. A little, yeah. Just a little. Pro tip... If you start gambling and you're losing 10,000 pounds in a night, maybe go to a Gambler's Anonymous meeting? He ended up fleeing to Calais on May 16, 1816 to avoid his creditors, and he lived there for 14 years in deep debt. Eventually, he did become friends with the Prince of Wales again. Now he is King George IV, who saved him by giving him a small income of 800 pounds per year. Unfortunately, when the king died, this position was eliminated. But he was the British consul at Cayenne from 1830 to 1832. Do you think I could flee to the Caribbean and hide from Discover? Probably. But, as Bro Brummel will teach us, he was imprisoned for debt in 1835. I don't think you can be imprisoned for debt anymore. Sure? I think it's no longer a thing you can put people in jail for. Like, you declare bankruptcy. You don't go to jail. You don't go to I debtor's prison. I declare bankruptcy! I didn't say it. I declared 
Beau Bremel was imprisoned for debt in 1835, and he lost all interest in dress and started to appear slovenly and dirty. In 1840, he died at Le Bob Savour Asylum, where he was held for insanity caused by his syphilis, as previously stated. He was only 61 years old, and he had no money, and no one really noticed the death of one of England's most famous men. How tragic. Yeah. He, he had a sad end to his life. A lot of people died of syphilis. Yeah. Well, and can you imagine being, like, considered the most attractive man in England? While he did die relatively unknown, he does have a pretty extensive legacy. He broke down the huge barriers between average men and aristocrats in England, and of course he completely recreated the rules of men's fashion. Because of him, we went from ornate costumes to simple and elegant menswear, which is how I like to see my gents these days. I don't want to see them in powdered wigs. You ever seen, like, an Instagram or a tumbler that's just full of well-dressed men because it's it's really nice it's a nice time because you never see it in real life it's fake it's true most men don't take care of themselves he also created hybrid menswear looks that we see today like prince of wales pattern jackets made in unstructured neapolitan cuts oxford button-down shirts and loafers these are brummel's legacy he takes the best aspects of different cultural approaches to styles and synthesizes them. And he achieved success by promoting himself, which is a very modern concept. Come on, influencers. As we've learned today, he was. He was really an influencer of his day. And of course, he's referenced a lot in pop culture, you know, in any... I'm yeah. going to insert a real clip of that song and not me singing it. I, I, really I would do like love... you singing No, it. no, I love when Sarah Hyland sings it. Your clothes may be for Starring Audra McDonald, Victor yes. Garber, Kathy Bates, Kristen Chenoweth. Can't it's better than the original. The, the original name. is super racist. No, also they climb that bridge for like 40 minutes and you're like, yeah. can you stop climbing <laughs> you this stop bridge? climbing this bridge? Well, and there's like the, just all the super racist like ethnic people. And they try to kill her. Well, yeah, that's problematic too, but also like the racism. Sure, the racism is terrible, but also in like other versions of Annie, they don't try to kill Annie. Yeah, that's not in like the stage play. I've seen no. the stage play. It's just that version of the movie. Yeah. They're like, let's murder a child. Why not? And of course, Billy Joel. About a pair of pink sidewinders and a bright orange pair of pants. Well, you could really be a bold Brummel baby if you just give it half a chance. And if Billy Joel comes for us, then I get to meet Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah, I would be excited. <laughs> I'd be like, can I, can we go to court, please? Uh, I'd like to. to the top. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to Who, Wore What, When. Tune in next week when we take a look at the life and clothing of one of the richest men in history, Mansa Musa. This episode of Who, Wore, What, When was researched and written by Maggie Latham. It is edited and produced by the lovely Dabney Rao. It was inspired by David Henderson's History of Clothing course at Hofstra University. This episode was sponsored by the New York City Blackout, Laxatives, and Subway B.O. Gross. Some of the research for this episode came from David Henderson's Costume History Notes and the Gentleman's Gazette. 
Would you like to see all the incredible clothes we're talking about? Check out the new app, Entail. Entail is a new podcast platform which allows creators to add pictures, maps, links, quotes, and chapters to their shows for a rich, interactive experience. Entail users don't need to search for pictures of the clothing we're mentioning. They can see exactly what we're talking about as we're saying it. Download it today at the Apple App Store and search who or what when to follow us. Special thanks to David Henderson and everyone who voted on my Instagram poll that they would listen to this podcast. Hey, do you know what it costs to make a podcast? Money. You know what Maggie and I don't have? Money. We are poor people. So you know what you can do to help? If you enjoy our show, check us out on Patreon at Who Wore What When. You pledge to give a dollar or five dollars or a certain amount of money per episode. And then when we release that episode, we make less than zero dollars or actually we're making negative money right now making this it does cost money for one dollar per episode you get access to bonus research materials and cut for time content which may just be a dubstep remix of maggie saying um and then for those who love a little bit more for five dollars or more a month you'll get a personal shout out from us and access to one bonus episode above an upcoming bonus episode that we're doing is on uh, green and sustainable fashion Exciting. Exciting. And if you want to make a one-time donation of $50 or more, Maggie will make you a custom embroidered piece. And she makes some good work. There's one on my bedroom wall. It's the highlight of my room, really. I get compliments on it daily. Well, yours was one of the first I ever made, and I've only gotten better. It's quite beautiful. Once we reach $28 a month, we'll no longer be losing money to create this show, which would be fun. Um, And then anything above that, you're just helping to keep us going and growing. We appreciate you. Check us out. Patreon.com slash who wore what when. Did you enjoy this episode? Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to this. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars only. Or else. Tell your friends to listen. Tell your enemies to listen. We want everyone to listen. And check us out on Instagram at who wore what when pod or at our website, www.whowarewhatwhenpod.com. Have questions, comments, or concerns? Email us at who or what when questions at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Catch you later. Catch you on the flippity flop. Peace out, we Girl did it. Scouts. Did you enjoy this episode? Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Get There's some a thunderstorm happening. That again. There is a thunderstorm a happening. Sponsored by. God <laughs> and the thunderstorm. Man, it would have been appropriate to be doing the Jesus episode. Oh, right. Or Zeus, who yes. is not a real person. Sponsored by Zeus and this here thunderstorm.